Hello everyone, welcome to episode 11 of the Greenwood and Mulner podcast. We have our starting 11 now. Who would have thought that, Sam? Yeah. Um, Gary Wilson in goal. Obviously, Stephen Caldwell centre-back, Warren Barton right-back. Um, someone's going to have to do the running for me up front because I'll just goal hang. But um, Ross Batty, engine room, Bath Hooker, what a top, top bloke. It was fantastic, wasn't it? He was really, really good value for money. Um, I really, I, I like the fact that he hasn't left his northeast roots behind, and the fact that he's moved to Somerset. Of course, he got his own life there, and doing very, very well at Bath. And you have to say, Sam, Newcastle fan, obviously, or or was it obviously? Because there was a story. It what he is, isn't he? He's just <clears throat> you could tell. I mean. There's all very well saying, oh, I'm going to support Liverpool because I've had enough of Ashley. But I'm sorry, when you, you're still watching every game and you're still, you know, you still know the whole team and everything. He's, you know, there's black and white in the blood still. Yes, of course. And he talks about some fantastic times, um, obviously growing up in Newcastle, about potentially never becoming a cricketer at Durham. Yeah. The Falcons, which I thought was a, was a couple of good stories there, but just respecting these coaches, I thought that was just something... You know, a bit, bit of class as well, just to, just to kind of go, do you know what, they've done a lot for me. And I still think about that kind of advice that they give me now, which I thought was brilliant. Um, but we'll not try and give away too much on this podcast. He talks a lot no. about everything Newcastle United related as well. I mean, he does. I mean, and the best thing of all is he didn't rule out getting me free Thatchers. So, I mean, win-win. Thatchers side are fantastic, but they're not as good as BF52 either, Sam. You can say that again, especially when you can get a introductory eight can case from beer52.com forward slash NFTV for just £5.95. I They're mean, doing an Oktoberfest, aren't they? They are. I, I, it came today, actually. So I actually was drinking one on the sly as we were doing that interview. Uh, and it's called Lemke Berlin Handwerk. I can't pronounce that, so we'll just go with Lemke Berlin. And it was very good. Yeah, fantastic. So again, as Sam has rightly said, beer52.com forward slash NFTV for any future beer purchases. But without any further ado, it is episode 11 of the Greenwood Mulliner podcast. This time, it is with the one, the only, Ross Batty. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Greenwood and Mulliner podcast. Well, we've had some fantastic names this is actually episode 11, believe it or not. So actually, we've got a football team now, Sam. We've nearly got a rugby team. And this is where yeah. it ties in perfectly, Sam, because we've got a Bath legend, we have to say, surely. It's Mr. Ross Batty. Ross, how are you tonight? Yeah, all good, thanks. All good. I'm not sure about the legend bit, like, but uh, <laughs> I've played a few times. Yeah, if you want to get involved in the live chat tonight, any questions or comments to Ross or about Newcastle, about anything, just put them straight in and I think Ross is expecting a few anyway, so we'll yeah. see how that comes in the next <laughs> 45 minutes to an hour. But um, Sam, Ross has been someone that you've wanted to get on for a little while, hasn't he? Yeah, I know. I was chuffed a bit when he started following us on Twitter, so I've had him in mind for uh, for quite a while now. And it's great to finally have him on, not just because I want to tap him up for some free Thatchers because they sponsor Bath. But, the, you know, I don't have any sinister motives, I promise. I promise. <laughs> we can get something sorted out. I'm sure I'll say <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. 
I'll ask the how would that be? Yes. Well, there you go. If, if you can help a friend, I will. I'm sure Sam will be uh, absolutely delighted by that. But uh, yeah, Ross, welcome to the show. I think first things first is where did the love of rugby come from? Because someone that's played for Bath, played for the Fultons a little bit, or played for Newcastle as well a little bit. It's just been like a perfect scenario. Where did it all, where did the love of rugby come from? Uh, I think, well, just as a as a kid when I was going to school, and then obviously everyone everyone plays football, and then you end up trying to knock people around and end up getting sent off more than I did playing. So, and no one liked it. So my dad was like, "I think rugby might be the one for you." And all my family like obviously football mad, Newcastle mad. So it's uh, it was quite strange. My dad was obviously very very new to the sport, but then soon soon turned to love it. Like when you know when he's taking his son every week. Was there a moment though? Or did you watch something on the TV, or was it just I don't know? Was it just picking up a rugby ball and you just gone? Yeah, this feels a bit better than say kicking a football around around the field. I think it was. It was actually I was, I was brought up in a pub and. Uh, there was a couple of rugby lads that came in the pub and they said, I was quite quite a big kid, quite quite a fat little lad, do you know what I mean, before I grew into myself. So it was, uh, and they said, look, come down to the little club, come down, come down. And then obviously I was like, my dad was like, all right, go on, give, give it a go. And then went down and then just really enjoyed it. It was something like excelled at from quite a young age. So after that, I was like, yeah, I was got the love for it. And then, uh, yeah, everything went from that from there, really. In the position you play, obviously everyone knows you as a hugger. Is that the position that you start out, or was it? Do you have to try a different couple of positions? Because you see, with football players, like I think you hear a couple of Newcastle players. I think Andy Carroll was was always a striker. Now yeah. he went from Newcastle positions. put Shearer in goal back in the <laughs> uh, in the youth <laughs> academy days. So that's when they thought he wasn't good enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, no, I, to be to be fair, uh, I played played all over the place. If if I was honest, I didn't start start up front. It was uh, only when I was coming to what uh, like 16, 17, 18, when I moved into the front row because I wasn't going to be, you know, a six foot four giant like some of the lads that that are out there at the minute. Uh, so I started playing prop, and then I thought I could get a bit further with the. You know, into the England school system, and and that worked out, and and then obviously Newcastle got involved when I was that young as well, and really pushed pushed me into that position, and you know, into hooker you can play as a back row as well, which is you can get about the park a bit and and do that. So it, it yeah, it just fell nicely, really. When that moment comes, when say Newcastle are looking at you, do you go, ooh, maybe I can take this seriously? Yeah, it was what. It, <laughs> It was a weird one because they, they came uh, quite a bit and uh, had quite a bit to do with co- invite you for coaching days and you know on school holidays go up and and play. We had two unbelievable coaches up there, uh, John Fletcher and uh, Peter Walton, and they used to come down to their school quite a bit and have a have an input. And they were great blokes as well, not just good coaches. And you know it was really encouraging and you know really like I said, just really push you and then you as you get there and you're getting that little bit older and you're still in the mix, it's like, all oh, right, this is going quite well. Because I actually played county cricket as well. So for Durham, and it was getting to the stage where I was having to decide which which way I was I was going to have to go. Because obviously pre-seasons were running into each other, you know, and it was trying to do too much. So 
like I said, I used to yeah, get too angry when I got out in cricket. So my dad, my dad again stepped in. I was like, "Yeah, son, we're. Uh, I think, <laughs> I think rugby's the one." I can just imagine you just like just just literally just edging it for cricket and just like being so annoyed with yourself and like maybe just like throwing the bat like because you hear stories even at Lords where players it doesn't matter if you play for England or Durham or whoever it literally you can hear like bats being thrown around like honestly like, helmet off and then bat, <laughs> like literally breaking bat it's like oh it's proper head loss like uh, I'm, <laughs> to be fair I mustn't have been very good if I was doing that too much <laughs> so, it was uh, no, it was just a natural, natural progression, I think. And then as I, you know, you built out physically, develop a bit more. I think it was the, the, the right choice, you know. Yeah, I think Sam. I think the one thing that Ross is really elaborating is that competitive, uh, competitiveness and that edge to be a that little bit better, even at a young age, just to kind of go, right, what can I do to be that extra one or two percent better? And even playing different sports is quite actually fascinating to hear that even just with different sports, he was taking it so seriously and like it could have been close between cricket or rugby, but whatever he was doing, he was doing it at such a high standard. It's the difference between winners and losers, isn't it? I remember that that's fairly common when you get sportsmen that are kind of dual gifted, if you like. I remember Joe Hart, who's obviously down uh, from down my neck of the woods in the Midlands. When he broke through at Shrewsbury Town, he was um, playing county cricket for Shropshire and whatnot. And when he got the transfer from to Manchester City, he was still in the summer going off to play cricket for Shropshire. So it's, it's absolutely mental. We've got plenty of uh, questions coming in on the uh, on the live chat already. Uh, Mickey Townsend, um, how does Ross find the video technology in rugby compared to football? VAR is pretty controversial at the moment, but rugby, it seems to work quite well, doesn't it? Yeah, I, th I think it does. Obviously, the VAR is, is so new and like you saw the other week at Spurs, it's very like, it can, you know, brilliant really game. Class, world class. But uh, obviously, there's a lot more checking of it coming into rugby now with, you know, with decisions and they, they can get involved, you know, if they see for instance, foul play or anything like that, you can they can go back a couple of a couple of frames and say, look, there was this foul play on there. So it does hamper it, but I think it is for the for the best. Do you know what I mean? As in the look the looking out and they're trying to make it as fair as possible and trying to make everything uh, yeah, everything as competitive as fair as possible, I think, isn't it? I think because the, was... the referees are only human and naturally they miss you do miss stuff, you know, and in rugby, I think that's part part of the art is getting away with stuff as well. And you know, it's like so it's a it's a fine line, but it's something it's a it's a line that you you wanna you wanna tread, you know. You think the big difference is though that the fact with rugby, it's very much stop start. Where football, you're you're trying to be as continuous and try and have a bit of rhythm as well. Yeah, na naturally, there's a lot more breaking play, whether it's a knock on or kicks to kicks to the in the touch or shots at goal for penalties and things like that. So naturally, I think it probably suits a little bit more, you know, like as in say, football, the ball can stay in play for potentially a lot longer than it would be It would be in rugby. So I think naturally there, there's a, a big difference. If we can get the rugby referees on a football pitch, I think that would be an interesting watch as well, mind you. Oh, the amount of respect they get, the amount of respect yeah. they get, and I think it's a credit to the rugby players like yourself, Ross, uh, the respect you give the referees where you don't see it in football, I think it's really, really I think what's the word? I think it's um it's 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 actually a very nice thing to see because 
they do get a lot of criticism football referees yeah it's, it's that's that's something that's like really foreign if uh if to us like if you were to act like that to a ref then you potentially sent off like and that's really if it went escalated and i think it's bred, bred into you from a really young age like that respect for for the for that official is paramount and if even if the they even tried to bring it in didn't they with the 10 meters back and i think it's obviously football so high profile they just for want of a better referees didn't have the almost the bottle to enforce it to a superstar do you know what i mean when rugby it naturally just is that is the law you're not going to change his decision through any complaining moaning whatever it's actually going to go against you the more you do it so you don't, you don't do it you respect the official and that's 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 the decision and yeah sam you've always respected every refereeing decision especially on sunday didn't you yeah, I thought it was absolutely superb, <laughs> but it, but it's in, it, it's interesting though that uh, what you say there, Ross, that it's instilled in you from a young age, and it's just not in football, is it? I mean, I played rugby once from high school, and it was just the one didn't like it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was six, I was six foot four at the age of thirteen, but I had all the the muscle mass of an anorexic mouse. It was just, and they stick me in the second row. I mean. <laughs> a breeze could have knocked me over. So what I was doing in there. <sighs> anyway, I digress. But it's, it's one of these things at football. It's just not instilled in you at a young age, is it? You just, no, you're just chasing, you're chasing the result. That. If you're allowed to get away with it and it is commonplace, then it just becomes the norm, doesn't it? So if you try and stamp it out at that, at that young age, I think it will naturally develop. And like, look, I've got to have consequences and you're, Effectively, you know, it's it's a cheap out for us. You know what I mean? If you chat back or something, like, it's actually quite frowned upon. Like, the lads, like, you're giving them an easy 10 yards sort of thing. So, it's, uh, yeah, that's just, like I said, the, the, way, the way it is. Going back on your time at the Falcons, Ross, um, you talk about your coaches a lot. And what was the biggest bit of advice that they gave you going into, say, your future life? Because we'll talk about the move to Bath in a little bit, but... Is this something that they kind of instilled in you at an early age or when you first started arriving on the scene in Newcastle just to kind of go, right, you need to kind of take this if you're going to beat anything in rugby? Yeah, there was, there was, there was quite a few. I think, like, they're just... I think when my coaches at the time, what they were really good at was understanding people and they had their relationship with the lads who came through the academy system at that time. Like, now I'd guarantee that 100% of the lads that come through absolutely loved absolutely loved the coaches do you know what I mean they were uh, Peter Walton and John Fletcher they were genuinely just good blokes do you know what I mean and the advice at the time it might have changed a little bit now with how how far it's come professionally but at the time as a young lad they were like look you are a young lad like I was part playing with uni for for a term you know when I first came out of school like at 18 well college and they're like look you're not playing every week. Now is the time to work hard to develop, as in in the rugby context, but go out and enjoy yourself because in two, three years' time, you're not you're not going to be able to do that because hopefully you'll be playing a lot more and you'll be in you know. So that's when. But if it the caveat to that is if I ever catch you or it ever hampers training, then you you're done. Do you know what I mean? And it was like that was the kind of of ethos where we could we could enjoy yourself but it had to be at the right moment you know instant respect though isn't it really yeah i think i just understand that you you are a young you are a young lad as well and 
there's there's a big world out there and I understand you have to be professional and you try to work hard, you train hard. I think there is an element of getting out of that as well and you know, being being a normal bloke, like like you know what I mean, I always used to go back and the lads I grew up with, like, you know, I used to go back and go go have a good night out with them and stuff like that out the way and it's just it's good it's good times, you know, and that's that's what it, that's what it's all about. I think Sam rugby so, lads have a good drink, don't they? Exactly. So what you're saying is, outside of you know the training pitch and, and game time, it's just all one big lash. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure that's the case. It's, uh, <laughs> no, it's definitely not that. Not these days, anyway. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you got know, you got you got to have fun. Like they said, mm. at the right time, it's it's work hard, play hard, isn't it? And that's that's very much the, the way I the way I view it. You know. Yeah, I think obviously we've mentioned obviously maybe a couple of the players that might be watching this as well. But is there a time that you've had at Bath, or because we'll move on to Bath in a, in a second or so? But um, is there like a story that you say you've, you've you've done really well as a team? For example, you've gone out that you can that you can tell people without getting in trouble. Uh, <laughs> I think I might have to leave that one. <laughs> <laughs> No, there is, uh, there is, there is a good few stories there, but I'm not sure they're, they're PC enough. If I'm it, uh, go for it, honestly. Just go for it. Go for anyone, anyone you like, honestly. Oh, I'll, I'll have a think and I'll come back. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to drop anyone in it as well. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I might have to come back to that one. <laughs> go for the safe option. I like it. Um, <laughs> um, right, let's talk about the move to Bath. Now, when did you first hear about their interest, Ross? And was it a massive decision to kind of, you know, just leave and just so, kind of pack so, up to move to Somerset, basically? The way the way the way it happened was, I was uh, I was at Newcastle, come through, and I was very much like you know blinkered, and I didn't think outside of Newcastle at the time as a local lad, and you're playing for your local club, and that's where you know originally you thought you'd be there. Um, and but I wasn't getting the game time. I wasn't developing. It just it was. I think like I played more when I was nineteen. Like, I had a couple of games than when I was twenty-one. So it's like you, you should be developing, not regressing. So uh, basically, took the option. It was late in the day when I found out. But then I had a season in the championship the year below at Rotherham, and yeah. uh, that from not playing, you know, no one wants to just train all the time and not play. And that year that I had there was, you know, fantastic. Really got the love back for it, and just really because you're playing every week, you're playing a good standard, and but you're there, you're playing, you're training, and you're playing. Whereas obviously the level above as a young lad probably wasn't getting the game time. So I just went back and, like I said, playing, and then through that started playing, getting in some good form, and actually turning a few heads. I suppose where people were starting to notice what you were doing and a few headlines, I suppose, and along that. And then, uh, yeah, Bath got in touch with the coach at the time and said, we're after a hooker, are you interested? And I was literally just about to re-sign for, for Rotherham. And uh, I spoke to the chairman and said, look, I'm not, I'm not going to sign for you if there's a potential for quite a quite open conversation with them and said, if there's an opportunity for me to go back to the premiership, you know, I, I, it's a I want to be a professional rugby player and that's my, my route. And they were really good. And they said, look, yeah, shook hands and said, if as long as you don't go anywhere else, if you go to a premiership club, that's absolutely fine. But if you're going to stay in this league, then 
we'd love to we'd love to keep you and have you and i i agreed with that and then like i said bath came in and uh went down from meeting and obviously a beautiful part of the world i don't know if you've ever been down here it's it genuinely is a it genuinely is a gorgeous city and you know fantastic and rugby mad so it was uh obviously up in the northeast where everything is football and it, it never changes religion up there and you know to come down here and it's almost like a flip where everyone's just rugby mad it's uh no i was like jumping by jumping at the bit to to even get talked about down here and get down here and get involved yeah and i've been I've, I've not been to somerset but i've been at rotherham so i can probably understand why you've gone to, uh, to somerset <laughs> but um yeah I'm sure, the, I'm sure the rugby team and everything about rotherham rugby was brilliant but yeah um yeah we'll move on um <laughs> but sam that's a massive decision to make uh you know relatively young age as well for us and to go right i'm gonna go i'm gonna try me luck i'm gonna give it a real good go and yes maybe living in somerset's quite nice as well but took a lot of courage yeah it's always one of them isn't it that um we see it plenty in football and, and in sport in general don't we that you've kind of got to move away from home to to kind of go and fulfill your your career as, uh, aspirations don't you but um did you did you find it hard moving away from the northeast, Ross? And did it take you quite a while to settle down into cider country? Uh, I'd say it took a while. People took a while to understand the accent. It was uh, I think <laughs> narrowed a little bit now. It's uh, I've actually a guy who's coaching us now. Uh, he was playing with me when I first turned up. He was like just joined the first team, and now he's my coach. And for the first six months, he literally just, like when I was talking or we had a drink and get a little bit drunk and he'd just, he'd look at me and he has, he's got like, uh, has to wear glasses and he'd just squint at me and not say anything. And then after a while, he'd just go, ha, 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 ha. Then after about six months, he goes to us, I, I don't have a clue what you're saying there. I genuinely don't have a laugh every now and again to try and keep it going. I was like, oh, geez. And I thought I thought he was a bit of a, bit of a dick. I was like, <laughs> weird. But no, it's, uh, no, I've known him 10, 12 years now, so we actually get on well. But uh, after six months of not understanding a word, I was saying. <laughs> so do you, think it, do you think it took you maybe about a year to kind of get into the swing of things of how it all worked? Because like you said, it is a rugby mad town. It's like the complete opposite of Newcastle. Did it take did that kind of adjustment time take a little bit longer than what maybe you thought? Uh, yeah, I suppose, but I suppose, but when you when you're young, I think you more than just to throw yourself into it. I didn't see it as moving away like so, so much. Like obviously it was, but I was just more the the opportunity. You know, I was so much bigger than everything everything else could be. So to be to be given that opportunity, I was uh, I, I was yeah. There was nothing going to stop that. Do you know what I mean? That was uh, that was the big driver, and especially to play for Bath. It's such a historic club, and uh, I was just delighted to even get thought about, if I was honest, and, and be be involved down here. Yeah, I was going to say Bath have been in the Premiership the most amount of times, like consistently, thirty three seasons. It's I think at least another ten years on another on the next club down, which is absolutely brilliant. But uh, Keith has a question, Sam. Do you want to go for it? Yeah, who were your favourite rugby players and athletes in other sports when you were growing up? That's from Keith Roll. Uh, well, someone you've had on the show, it was uh, in football, was obviously there was quite a few at Newcastle that I absolutely loved. Les Ferdinand was 
absolute legends. As I remember being as a kid, I was actually a little bit upset, as much as I do love love Shearer when he came because everyone was cheering for Shearer more than Les. I was actually no, no, <laughs> stay loyal. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but no, in in other in other sports, cricket, like when I was coming through, Freddie Flintoff was about and. He was, you know, obviously playing a bit of cricket as well. That was uh, a big driver, a big driver in there to, you know, try and emulate and play play like them guys who fought into the game at the time and, you know, just, yeah, love love watching them play. Because they were guys who were, you know, changing the game. Him and, like, Kevin Peterson were yeah. doing things which weren't normal at the time, which now you see in the IPL everything where they're, they do this these amazing things regularly, whereas back then it was it was right, you know, pretty early days for all that sort of stuff. I think the one thing as well that you touch about, obviously, famous rugby players, and I have to ask, I think, because I think obviously there's a couple of comments when we were looking, it was about the 2003 World Cup, and I think you would have probably been in your teens at that point as well, Ross. Would it have been essentially that kind of well, wow, look how much they're getting all the attention, all the media attention, obviously the moment Johnny Wilkinson scores in the last yeah. minute against Australia, he's just thinking, well, could that be me? Could, be, could I be a part of that team? Yeah, it was obviously, in, uh, and Johnny Wilkinson was at the club at the time as well, so to almost be touching distance as someone who was a genuine superstar uh, was was amazing. And I think a big, you know, it's, it's a big thing to have someone like that around. So, yeah, and even talking to the guy, you know, he was such a such a nice guy. Even when I remember doing extras, and he'd come over and take the time off off his own back to to give you just a little pointers or a little bit of help or try and do this and have you thought about this sort of thing, which was you know only happened a couple of times, but it's the sort of thing you never forget. I can imagine, but that, that's just that's just absolutely unbelievable, really. Like Simon, it's like the equivalent, the equivalent for like any football. We like I don't know, me and you, if we were ever good enough to be like the number nine, then Shearer just. Just come around saying, "Well, do you want to, have you tried this way? Have you tried that way?" It, yeah. that's that's just like the, the little things like that makes your top yeah. professionals even better, just because they're willing to give something extra. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, he was the best player in the world at one point, wasn't he? And that 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 two thousand and three, which I remember exactly where I was there when we um, when we won it. I was in my bedroom. It was what eight in the morning. It was just. What a day, what a day. And later on that day, I actually went to watch Crew versus Sunderland and Crew beat Sunderland 3 0. Wow. Would you believe At least had a good ending. Dean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dean, Dean Ashton scored for Crew that day. Um, but as we're on uh, international, as we're talking about international, Ross, is because there's a thing going on at the moment with Newcastle United. We, we've got players, obviously, like Isaac Hayden who no matter what he does, no matter how well he plays, he just doesn't seem to ever get that England call-up. Has there been a time in your career when you've thought, right, I've, I'm going to get this call, I'm playing well and I deserve this call? Uh, and what's and it's, it's not come and you've just felt kind of let down? Yeah, I think it was a time before, around the 14, 14, 15 season when we, were, we got to the final that year. Uh, and I was playing some of the best rugby I'd played, to be, to be fair. And we got to the final and I was in the starting team and played against Saracens. We got beat. Uh, but, you know, along and along that year, the England coach had spoke spoke to a few of us and said, you know, you're on the radar. And then there was a there was a, a camp before the World Cup and stuff. And uh, they ended up 
and then I, I didn't get picked even to go to the training the training squad or anything and I was obviously you thought when you you've done your best to get to the final and everything like thought oh you, you could be in with a shout especially hearing them things from from him as well but it's not meant to be it's not meant to be you do feel gutted because it's something I've never achieved in my career do you know what I mean which it's what every sports person whatever sport it is wants to get to that highest level but uh no it, it never happened and yeah you, you're pretty gutted but yeah I think you have to move on pretty quickly and I'm not saying the door's never shut but you've got to you've got to keep going because next season you've got to start all over again and it's new challenges and a new team and you totally new season it doesn't matter what went on the season before it's you know you gotta you just gotta keep keep rolling with it of course and it's just like anything you, you could have say three or four unbelievable performances a couple of players get injured that say the manager would rather or the coach would rather use or and what he th thinks would rather use and then you, you're in with the shots and you you never know you get that chance and if it's against anybody representing your country would be it is it's the biggest honor in any sport really isn't it but do you think that for yourself do you still look at that or do you still do you think i've just got to focus on what i'm doing for bath if i put no. performances for bath first then if anything happens it happens no that's and that's the that's the main thing for me like is as being at bath is trying to trying to make Bath do do well and put my hand up here like and to be fair if anything you know for as a player if anything comes along it comes along do you know what I mean as in you know in the future in the future for anyone it's uh but first and foremost I think you have to have form for for your club and and really get stuck in and have and work hard for your club and like I said it's for anyone who's playing if you, if you if boys aren't playing well then i don't think they deserve to to get that you know to get that accolade of, of being in there so it's it's your club first definitely yeah for sure right last quick question couple of quick questions on the rugby and we'll talk all things newcastle um you're talking about obviously that 2014-15 finishing runners up and obviously there's been the heineken cup i have to talk about the heineken cup a little bit because it's like the champions league of rugby let's be yeah. brutally honest when you put yourself against some of the other like big big clubs around the around Europe do you just have to pinch yourself a little bit I think it's more the way that I just excited for the challenge I think it's like I think one of the biggest one I've ever been involved in was uh was over in uh Toulouse when we beat them over there I'm, I'm not sure what what year that was it may have been the 14-15 season yeah, was, we were yeah. really doing well and uh they are they were such a powerhouse of Europe like a, a great team well-known French team and to get that over there and play well and you know there's a few bit involved in what a good try that we scored and it was uh like yeah that the challenge of being there and that atmosphere and uh, the French teams love love the rugby so the atmosphere was like, genuinely buzzing that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? And and that that want to be be challenged, I think, and and be able to be on on that level, at that, you know, with with them players around you and playing against some of the best. And yeah, it's not trying to be cliche and test yourself, but like want to get the better of that name, of that person who's got that name, that reputation, and you you want to get the best of them, don't you? And if you get the chance to have a little a little bit on it and a little bit with them then it's it's good you know a little bit of i suppose niggle or whatever it, it's it's all it's all fun it? and getting 
getting up in the in there. Of course, it's all part of just professional sport, isn't it? Really, but uh, yeah, I had to ask about that because like, the it is the Champions League of rugby, but I don't know. I think if, if you've played in that competition and you've played obviously at a good standard for such a long time, Ross, it, is, it has to be has to be talked about. But uh, Sam, we'll talk about all things Newcastle now. Um, obviously, I think yourself and Ross are at a similar age and both probably remember the entertainers, the Keegan years, the glory years, the, the glory years. <laughs> And obviously, just I just missed out on that. But for yourself, Sam, <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> um, no, for yourself, Sam, I can imagine for the same for you, Ross, Beardsley, Ferdinand, Shearer, Spria, Rob Lee, Lee Clark. The list goes on. And Sam, where do you start with that sort of era? It was just inspiring as a little five, six, seven-year-old or however old I was, just them sort of players. I mean, yeah, funny. Um, (laughs) Just, I I can't imagine what it'd be like at that age now looking at the team we've got now or like the team we've had in the last few years. It just, yeah, it doesn't, it's there's just no, it's no comparison, is it? It's just mad. What were your kind of, obviously you mentioned Celez, uh, Ross, but, was it the same? Was it was it the same the, the same team that inspired me as well? You know that that ninety five yeah. ninety six yeah. season where we should have won the league. Yeah, what twelve points clear, or whatever, and then and a bottle that. Yeah, but, no, it was it was uh, there was just so much what, like Albert, all of the people like that. It's just it was just such. It was think it was more of a striker than a defender, if I was honest. But it's uh, he'd get no, into our team as a striker now, wouldn't he? <laughs> uh, no, it's just it was, it was just the you know the how how we were challenging and been you know a real a real force in it you know and and playing some great football and everyone just everyone's so behind it it was uh, yeah I think inspiring is a is a good word to use it because the genuine like grow up with them guys being your heroes you know like genuine loving them do you know what I mean. What was your first, can you think of your first moment or first memory watching Newcastle or being around Newcastle in general? Was it just buying a kit? Was it just seeing a player on, in, in the city centre? Was it watching a match? Was it, What was that first uh, memory that you could think of, Ross? The, I've, I've got a few. I'm not sure like which, which in age order how it was. Uh, I was quite lucky, like I said, I grew up in a pub and my dad uh, had Newcastle Brewery on, on the like for the pub and the supplier. So once I was lucky enough, like my dad was able to take us to one of the like play meet play days, like have a, a bit of food, like, and I got in there and I must've been young, like really young, but it was like, there's was, um, Barnes was in there, like Ian Rush when they had just come up, that, that sort of, I'm not even much sure what year that was. Uh, I'm 97 ish, is it? 97, 98, I think when they came, cause that would have been Ken yeah, first year. And then in behind that, and it was just like, yeah, with the different strips as well. I think that has an effect, like yeah. the the purple and blue strips, like things like that. Or like, yeah, there's there were some of the some of the memories that I have, and uh, going to they used to train in Durham as well. See if you remember, like back 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 in the day, and going like my dad taking me up there and going to get things signed. You know, just stand at the gates and and waiting and. Telling David Batty I've got the same same second name as him. <laughs> you know, like, 
you know, like that sort of thing, waiting on the gates with the with the pad. <laughs> I still tell everyone he's my uncle to this day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, my uncle David, you know. Whatever. <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant. I love that. Just, <laughs> just imagine on the gates as well, going, What's he on about? Like, yeah, like, uncle, you think, like, you, what were you? My name's Batty, too. Uh, <laughs> he, was, he was an absolute legend, David Batty, there, wasn't he? I think when he when he was at Man City, I, I had, like, in the summer, he was still, like, doing, like, I think his dad was a bin man. He was still going and helping his dad do the bins when he was when he was playing at City. Yeah. It's, just, it's just absolutely mental. What, yeah. what a guy! That, that's grounded for sure. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't mess with him either, would you? My word, no. he, would, he, he wouldn't. He'd be getting sent off a lot these days. Yeah. Uh, stuck in's the word, isn't it? He was proper yes. stuck in. Must be in the family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, he taught me everything I know. He did. No, <laughs> um, because I, I can picture that actually. Because the David Batty, because obviously it's that moment in the the time when Newcastle beat Manchester United five nil. Uh, I think it's ninety six, ninety seven, and it's that moment where he grabs Nicky Butt by the neck, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. it's oh. uh, that was uh, that. That's another big one as well. I was uh, that sat in the pub, and then after. Just the, the of my dad and a few of his mates and Newcastle fans like had it on the TV and just you playing like Newcastle songs on the on the on the stereo and that it was in the bar and it was just like great great memory what it really was. Right. Like I say, Sam, they're just days I'd look I'd love to see if Newcastle ever beat Man United five now. I think I'd have a tattooed on my arm or something. But um, no. Yeah. And, and Sorry, well, I had a not, not too bad one. When was it we played them in the final? Was it a charity shield and we lost? Oh yeah, at Wembley. I think I went. I went to that one. I had that that sticks sticks firm in there as well. I think we were actually in the wrong end as well. My dad managed to get some tickets, but we're in the wrong end. So dad was just like, "Be quiet." <laughs> but we got hammered anyway. Everyone jumping nuts around you. We sat there like, "Oh no." Oh well, hopefully we'll, we'll we'll get the better end of them in a couple of weeks. So I think it's just, I think it's just after the natural bit will play Man United at St James. Yeah. Hopefully, you never know. Might be a couple of fans and probably not, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. I have to ask a quick question, Ross, because it was mentioned on Twitter about potentially being a Liverpool supporter. You're going to have to explain yourself on this one. Yeah, just tell, tell the lovely viewers what you told us before we before we started recording. <laughs> No, uh, it was right uh, with uh, with Ashley and everything and the boycott and everything. And I was fully fed up of everything that was going on. And I was, uh, you know, just as you can have a good rant to the lads and one of them are Newcastle fans. So they were just sick, sick of hearing it. And I was like, right, yeah, I'm done now. That's it. I'm not, you're not getting no more of my money, that lad. I, he's, I'm, I'm finished with it uh, until he's gone. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not supporting them. And my housemate at the time was a Liverpool fan. I was like, "Yep, support Liverpool." And as it obviously, as it went on last year, they went, they went better and better, and ended up winning. <laughs> and then by the end, like obviously giving the lads a lot of stick, like, "Yeah, won the league. <laughs> we do it." You know, the lads. And that's why they all, all jumped on it. Like, so. Is it? Is it quite a what's the split like in Bath? Is it like? Do they all support the same team? I think because it's not really a, it's not really a team, is it? Is there a team in Somerset? 
Uh, yeah, well, Bath uh, was Exeter, a bit further down. Uh, Bath City, you've got a team. Yeah. But no, it's uh, generally this, this area, this part of the world, is, it, it's, it's rugby mad, like with Bristol there. Obviously, there's Bristol City, Bristol Rovers. Uh, but no, they're Bristol obviously doing well in the rugby as well at Ashton Gate this yeah. year. So it's, uh, no, it is a big, big, big draw is the, is the rugby more than the football like. Yeah, I imagine there'll be a Man United fan in there as well because there always is. There's always one of them around in every part of the world. Unfortunately. There's quite a few Liverpool fans. Is there? And, uh, yeah, I never quite made it onto their WhatsApp group for some reason. <laughs> not, not <so> <laughs> but uh, no, I think I'm, I think there's only maybe a couple of us supporting Newcastle down there and that'll be about it. Yeah. We'll talk about obviously more the current time of Newcastle. Um, Steve Bruce, Sam. He's he's very much marmite at the minute, isn't he? Wins wins against West Ham and Morecambe and Blackburn and Newport on penalties yesterday, but it's not been apart from maybe glimpses in that West Ham game. It hasn't been pretty to watch. But Newcastle are in a court yeah. final of a League Cup as well. It's just it's all very didn't, strange. Didn't we all think like like now on paper, all the fan bases must think, well, what are they moaning about? And that's where we must have the reputation of, oh, they expect the world and everything. But all right, we've got four points in the league after three games, which is kind of par, isn't it? Yeah. Quarter final of the League Cup, which is brilliant. But the, apart, apart from the West Ham game, where we all would have thought, oh, brilliant, this is great, we're good again. It's been utter shite, hasn't it? <laughs> but yeah. What do you what do you make of the uh, what do you make of the job Steve Bruce has done, Ross? Yeah, I'm just I'm not I'm not totally run over. He's always going to have a hard job taking over the mantle, wasn't he? Do you know what I mean from the start? So it was always like like you said, with the start of the start of the league, it's it's very much very much par, and you know it's it's better than uh, lo losing three, you know. But I'm not I'm just I'm not sure with the obviously he's a local local as well. You, you want to see him do well, but I just don't think. Pre going on previous records from where he's been, he's never really set the world alight. And I think, in my head, with as a Newcastle fan, and I'm sure it's probably the same with you lads. You just want to see a team that want to compete and, and compete and, and and do well and and have that some inspiration there. I think that's that was one of the big draws with Rafa was he'd done it at that level. You know, he he completed a lot of a lot of football and inspired a lot of people and. That give people hope i think like to you know that oh he could do that with us like and that that was that was a draw where i'm not sure his cv does that for me i think that i think that's always going to be the problem sam isn't it because when you look at steve bruce and he's he's managed villa which obviously are a big club in their own right and he didn't really didn't get that didn't get them promoted for the championship which was, yeah, I know, that, was, that, was that was funny it is it's very funny but it's it's deemed obviously it's deemed as a big failure there he, he obviously managed them a lot down the road. He managed teams like Birmingham and Wigan and Hull. It's it's they're just really it's just... Well. They're not, they're no. not them, them clubs. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not saying like we are we are that club. I'm not I'm not saying that at the minute anywhere. But it's uh, it's just that the aspiration to want to want to be up there. I think that's the 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 want to be. You know. Uh, a good team to go to be going out and doing it, and that's like you say. Them, them mentioned all them clubs. They're not, they're not grabbing the headlines, are they? Really, with the greatest respect. Do you think no, that's what no. the clubs lack, though? Ambition. I'll put it to both years, really. I, I, I must, I must do, and 
that's that's part of it with the with the whole Ashley thing for me was it's just that lack of ambition and you know you can say he's spent once over where he's had that spree where he spent quite a bit but over the 12 years it's just massively underfunded and just a massive lack of ambition to like with with St James Park would be sold out every week every week if he put if he put that in and put that that money in do you know what I mean? And really, and really went for it. I'm not even saying like, not like Man City sort of money. I'm just really invest, get some, get some players who really like can could turn ahead of you know even one or two that are in there. You know, because there is there is a lot of good players there. It's just that I think a lack of he's happy to avoid relegation rather than actually push to stay. Like, and if we're realistic, I think that if you could be in the middle of that table, like where where we are now, into the you know the the bottom half of that top. I think we, we you'd be happy if you were, if you were competing at that level. You know, as going going forward now, I would be anyway. Would you be Sam? Um, I mean, when it comes down to Ashley, I think the biggest thing that, when he his biggest mistake. Bearing in mind, there's been two relegations in there, but I think the biggest mistake was not building on that fifth place finish because you had. The squad there, or the real spine of a squad that was really exciting, Kabai Ben Arthur, yeah. Fifth place finish, narrowly missing out in the Champions League, and then nothing. All he signed was Vernon Anita, a defensive midfielder. He was nothing more than a squad player. That was that. And that was the chance to really kick on. And all would have been forgiven if he'd have if he'd have put the investment in in that summer and done things properly from here on then. All, all could have been forgiven because we would have rebuilt after that first relegation and look at all the faff we would have we would have missed out on it. We would have never have had to sit through six months of Steve McLaren. So it's 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 just it's, it's I mean where it's gonna end up. He's, I mean Steve Bruce has had a decent transfer window this summer, brought in some half decent players, but it's just not Never enough, never enough. But as Mickey Mickey Townsend proved me wrong in the comments, Batty only played for Blackburn, Leeds, and uh, Newcastle. You're quite right, Mickey. I uh, I meant uh, when he was young at Leeds, Freudian slip. But um, I do apologise getting Ross's relative's career wrong. <laughs> yeah, you won't be happy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, obviously, the League Cup yesterday, I don't know if you watched the game yesterday, Ross. Obviously, a 5 4 win on penalties. Um, John Joe Shelby's been getting a lot of criticism online. He scored a fantastic goal, has to be said. Like that, a little bit of brilliance, obviously, you can see in the picture, shushing his critics probably from all the way from Newport via Newcastle. Um, what do you make of him? Because he seems to be a player at the minute that a couple of people wanted him dropped. I actually wanted him dropped for the game against Tottenham. I just think it was just the wrong game for him, to be brutally honest. I think he, he's better against, to say, a Burnley, who we play on Saturday. Where do you stand with someone like a John Joe Shelby in, in Newcastle? And he is that kind of playmaker, but if it doesn't work, he's a bit anonymous, isn't he? Who's, who's going for that one? Well, <laughs> you go for it. Yeah, I, I, I think he's got a talent, as in he can he can ping a forty-five yard pass like no problem. He's got that when when he wants it, but he's not. He doesn't. I don't think he's got that work. He's not. He's not a worker for the team and. That's what I think let him down. And like you say, if, if you had that that work work with it, I think it would be he would go like his stock would double. Do you know what I mean? He would really be be an asset. 
But and it just seems to be when on his term, everything's on his terms when he wants it, rather than another way around. You know what I mean? Because there's no doubt he's got he's got the talent to pass a football. You know. Yeah, for sure. Would you start him on Saturday, Ross? Uh, depends. Depends who who you've got around him. You know what I mean? Like, depends who's who's around there. You know, like a really rare. With, with Wilson and Fraser coming in, like I, I rate them too when they're at Bournemouth as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, I really like them, uh, but I'm, I'm not sure. I'm undecided. To be fair, it depends. How, it depends how you how you line it up and what 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 you do. You know, for me, like, can you put? Well, yeah, it depends. Because you never really know what system Bruce is going to go with, do you? He's chucked and changed so much, and it just it just doesn't. The team just doesn't have an identity, does it? So, I mean, I would I would personally take Shelby out of this game on Saturday, and I'd, I'd have Hayden and uh, Jeff Hendrick in the middle. Just it doesn't hurt to take him out for for one game or another. But um, what I was wondering, another player that's been getting a fair bit of criticism now is Andy Carroll. I mean, where is he best placed? On the pitch in the black and white or in the scrum with you? Uh, he's certainly a big big lad, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, no, I think you got if he stays injury free, and I I I do think he's he's not, well, there's no doubt he's a handful, like he really is. And he, he he can give you that, you know, something else like with Wilson to co- can play off him. I think that wouldn't that would quite like to see that. Uh if he's getting you know, he's, if he's getting that service in there, because he is—he's a big, big lump, and he gets stuck in, and he's physical, and it's uh, like I said, if he's getting that service, it'd be interesting to see. I think if you had someone like Wilson with him as well, who could play him behind, you know, like and go and go with that. Yeah, I think the thing is, I think especially with local lads, you want to try and give them a bit more time. It's the same with the long staffs because obviously Sean and Matty both getting into the team. You want to see one of your own do very well, and yeah. I think that's support in general. I think if if we can if Andy Carroll can get say a goal on Saturday, hopefully he does, and it would just I think it would just boost everybody with him because like from what I saw against them on against Brighton against Tot- Tottenham, I thought he did all right. I thought he kind of ha- I thought he kind of changed the game a little bit against Tottenham. Well, where, the penalty, well yeah, he won. I'll say he won the penalty in a, uh, and, and inverted commas there, but. Yeah, it's an interesting one with Andy Carroll. I would have, I would have probably released him at the end of this uh, end of last season. I just didn't. I just think he was probably. I think the Premier League's probably a bit too much for him personally. I think he's probably a Championship level striker, in my opinion. But look, another year. If we stay up and he does a little bit better, it won't harm the club, will it? So I can't imagine him anywhere else now. He just, it just looks yeah. like he, he's just, he's just mm. great to have around, you know. <laughs> Just just have him in the corner just for some entertainment every now and again. He's golden on Instagram. He's great value. It's just I can't imagine him. Can you really imagine him like going and playing for Swansea for a year? I just, I just, yeah, you, no, just no, see, you just no, couldn't no, see no. it, could you? No. I think I think that's a, probably a question as well because obviously um, with the rugby, obviously the, the social aspect of it, I can imagine, especially maybe when you were growing up, Ross was, was huge as we mentioned before, but. Do you, who would you like to go on a night out with of any any of the current Newcastle squad? Do you think would it be a Carroll? Would it be a Saint Maximum? Would it be uh, Tino Espria from back in the day? That would definitely definitely be an interesting night. That for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure which way that would go. <laughs> Prison, <laughs> yeah, with a with a big fur jacket on. I would have thought when he turned <laughs> up and he. <laughs> 
no, like you said, it's Carol James. He seems to be quite quite a lively bloke, and uh, I'm sure that would be give some entertainment because you want if you're going out for a, for a night out, you want some entertainment, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Have a, have a bit of fun and someone that's not scared to have a have a laugh. For sure. Well, obviously, we've got the League Cup draw is getting done and I think about an hour's time from now, maybe just a little bit less than that. And Oh, there's some big teams left in, Ross. Man United, Man City, Tottenham, Everton. Uh, I'm sure Brentford have just beaten Fulham before and obviously mm. your team, Ross, Liverpool, are, are just playing at the minute. <laughs> so, um, might be able to get your, your boyhood team and then your new team playing against each other in the quarterfinals. I don't know what the score is there. I knew Villa were getting beat before beforehand. But if Newcastle say where to get a Brentford, Ross... Semi-final? Does that change your mind a little bit on Bruce if um, he could get, get us over that line, maybe? No, but, but again, you can't you can't argue with that, can you? Like, if, if you're getting results and it's all about winning at the end of the day as well. So you, you, even if you win ugly, you you win. Like, and to be fair, good. We talk about in, well in, in when we're playing. If you're just getting that result. And a good team will get a result, whether it's ugly or whether it's, you know, in our game by 50 points. It's uh, you, you, a good team is learning and get results no matter what, how they play. And even playing badly, they'll get a result. So I suppose that's what they did in effect. But it's just, it's not great. It's just, it just hasn't been great to watch. Do you know what I mean? There's just, it's just lacking, I think. Yeah, I think definitely. Like, you want to be entertained to a certain degree. I'm not saying, you know, Maximilian or whatever has to run around everyone on the pitch five times, but you still want to see a bit of bit of flair and a little bit of something out there, and whilst getting results as well. I don't think I'm asking too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just get that Premier League winners medal as well, and we'll just exactly. win, the, win the FA Cup, win the League Cup. We're not asking for too much. No, but um, with regards to him, that's, that's that's got. I think it's a step in the right direction, isn't it? If if you think about it on the whole, for a club, it's getting to the semi-final and yeah, I think he's got to get a bit of critics off his back, I'd say, because it is a step in the right direction. And it's, uh, no, it's, yeah, you'd have to start, you'd have to think twice, wouldn't you? Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, right, we'll finish off with a prediction for the game against Burnley on Saturday night. Obviously, Saturday night entertainment, of course, you want to see Newcastle v Burnley at St. James's Park. Sam, I'll let you start off. What do you think the prediction, what do you think uh, the score will be on Saturday? I think this is one of Steve Bruce's biggest games because wow. these, are the, these are the type of games that we didn't win last season. We had a horrendous record against the bottom three and like teams like Villa and, and Burnley, you know, Brighton. But I can't see us getting the wins that we did last season, obviously, against like Man United, Chelsea, who were like, we bored them to death and got one on the counter. So these are the games, Burnley at home are the ones we should win. We should be winning. We need to be winning. Otherwise, we've got a horrendous run of fixtures after this after this uh, international break. Um, I'm going to try and be positive, and I'm going to say two 0 purely because Burnley have started very poorly this season. Please I God, think, I didn't think you'd be that positive. Like, I'm, this is a new <laughs> this is a new Sam Muller. Needs must. Needs must. The, just it's a, it's for me. I don't want to use the word must win in October, but. You can't have another performance like we've had the past three games, Brighton, uh, Spurs and Newport. Oof. Be like be, as, as a team, you've got to be targeting, and they have started poorly, you've got to be targeting 
games like that to to pick up pick up some mm -hmm. points. And in the context of Bruce, that I take that aside, like you've got to, like you say, you've got to be looking at this. But this is where we're going to pick up some points, lads, because there's some tough games coming. So like, I was going to preserve the, you know, as, at home, not as if the fans are going to make a difference because they're not there at the minute. But it's, uh, yeah, I was, you want to be positive and go one nil for us, but it, you know, maybe even a nil nil draw or something, you know, just. It's, yeah, that really would that really wouldn't surprise anyone, would it? A nil nil. Oh, it really wouldn't. Been been really been honest, I think. So you're going nil yeah. nil, Ross, are you? No, one nil. One nil to yeah. us. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's not like, yeah. I'm going nil nil. Um because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I generally think the score will be. I don't think it'll be a great game, but God, I'll take a 1-0 last minute any day of the week at the minute. But yeah, make sure you do subscribe to the Green and Mulliner Show on Newcastle Fans TV Podcast. It's available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and Podomatic. It has been an absolutely fantastic 55 minutes with Mr. Ross Batty. Ross, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, I hope you enjoyed yourself. No, definitely. Thanks for thanks for the invite. It was uh, no, it was uh, nice to get that through on the, on the inbox. Like, to be fair, to come on and have a, have a good chat and Set the record straight about Liverpool, anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, no, it's been it's been been good fun. So, thanks very much for having us. Top, Top, no man. problem. So, yeah. So, for myself, Ross Batty and Sam Mulner, we'll see you all very very soon. <laughs>